Good morning, Heart Church. Welcome to this edition of our series through John. My name is Shane, and I'm the Heart Church pastor here uh, in Escondido. And sorry, we're running a tiny bit late because, um, as many of you know, we have an outdoor service that we do um, right at nine o'clock here in our parking lot, 215 South Hickory. And uh, we'd love for you to join us if you live in Escondido. But we uh, do this service live Facebook for those of you who are, aren't able to come out, aren't comfortable just yet. Uh, we are looking at October 11th being our launch back into our facility. And so kind of we'll keep that before you. But in the meantime, we're in the book of John. And we're excited about diving into uh, chapter 10. And if you've been following us, you'll know that Rather than uh, preaching line by line, we've been hitting this and landing in different little pockets where I feel like the Lord wants to say something and uh, do a little mini-series. And so we're back in one of those in John 10. And so I want to start by reading, and we're going to actually start a series that I'm entitled Follow the Leader, studying John 10 for a few weeks. And so here we go. It says this in verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not, they will not follow, for they will, and they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And then he says this, I am the door of the sheep. All who enter, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And then it says in verse 10, the famous verse, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am a good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me, I know the father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I love this passage and I want to pray. We're going to dive in. Father God, I thank you for these moments that we have together. And God, I ask that you would continue to open up the eyes of our heart. Father, we know that your word can transform our lives. And so Jesus, would you help us to see? Lord, I ask that you would touch our ears today, that we would hear your voice. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Follow the leader. I don't know if um, you've ever kind of been in a scenario where you, you know, weren't able to you know, navigate your way and you needed somebody else to kind of help you. You needed another voice, like a beacon in the night. Like this morning I woke up and as I was driving to church, it was so foggy. Like I literally was, you know, needing to use the person's, you know, headlight in front of me just to like navigate. And I think that 
the, 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 the reality is we're all in a place where we need a voice in our life. And, um, you know, some of us don't like, you know, admitting that, especially guys. You know, um, I don't know if you're one of those where when you're driving somewhere, if you ask, have to ask Siri to, you know, in order to get somewhere, it's almost like you're accepting defeat. Um, but the reality is God's created us to follow. And I want to take a little bit of a different approach with the scripture because not only is there three different voices in this passage, there's the good shepherd who wants to lead us out. There's the hireling who cares nothing for the sheep. And then there's the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So there's three voices that we can hear and we're going to tackle that next week. But I want to approach this from the standpoint of when, when we talk about the idea of following Jesus. First of all, it's kind of central to Christianity, like following God, learning to follow him is, is the foundation of, of what we do. We're followers of Jesus. But what does that mean? And I think that oftentimes we associate it with learning to hear the directional voice of God. What decision do I make? Um, which which job do I take? How do I get out of debt? How do I navigate this relationship? Which car should I buy? You know, all of these decisions, how do I navigate this dilemma in my life? And don't get me wrong, God cares about every one of those things. But I think oftentimes we come to God and we come to a passage like this about following and we instantly say, yeah, I want to learn to follow God. I want to learn to follow his voice. I want to learn directionally to know how to live my life in such a way that would be following him. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is, if we start there, if all we learn to do is follow the directional voice of God and we miss following the, 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 the voice of God regarding our identity, then we'll end up as servants and slaves in the house rather than sons. As if God's like some heavenly Siri. And like, we're, we're walking like this tightrope, you know, up against a cliff. And if we make one wrong move, we're going to fall off. I mean, I don't know if you've ever met Christians like that, where, you know, they, they're almost paralyzed to make a decision. Like, ah, I want to, I want to follow God. I want to, I want to make the right decision. And so, oh, maybe I, and it's almost like you're a servant in the house with no authority. Servants and slaves in the house don't have authority to make decisions. They're just simply doing the bidding of their master. And not only does Jesus say, no longer are you called servants, but friends. He also calls us sons and daughters in the house. And so I want to take an approach with this passage that has less to do with following God directionally, although we know that that will come. But I want to talk about following God from the standpoint of him calling you to an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, we know as Christians that the steps of a righteous are ordered by the Lord. We know that when we need wisdom, the Bible says we can ask and he gives liberally, liberally to all who need it. And so when you have decisions to be made, we know that God leads his people. We see that with Abraham all the way up until the, uh, you know, the book of Acts, where God is directionally leading his people. But if that's all we know of the voice of God, and if that is the way that we view following Jesus, then we will miss the call of God to rise up and above and live as sons and daughters differently so that when we come to the directional voice of following God, we view it differently. We view it as becoming and not 
behaving. And so I want to dig into that a little bit. Um, See, this was the first thing that, that Jesus said to his disciples. And so again, we're, we're tackling this like follow the leader. We're talking about following God. And so Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, follow me. And I think oftentimes we think that Jesus literally meant follow me around. I need an entourage. I mean, come on, I'm the Messiah. I can't walk around by myself. I need a group of people to make me feel important. And so they followed him. And Obviously, that's what took place. And clearly, Jesus wanted to be with them to influence them and to lead them out. But there was something much deeper that, that Jesus was getting to when he went to these disciples and he said, follow me, but they didn't quite understand. See, we see even in John chapter 14 where Thomas was talking with Jesus and Jesus was, was saying, hey, I'm going I'm to be going to my father and, and, and you know where I'm going. Um, and... And so I won't be with you. And, and Thomas was like, what are you talking about? I, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way to follow you. And so how is it good that you're leaving? Like you can't leave because we're literally following you every step. In other words, Jesus, you are helping us know and learn how to behave, how to, where to turn, what decisions to make. And, and if you're gone, who's going to do that for us? And it, we need to take a different look about at why Jesus said, follow the disciples. And what we know is that when a rabbi went to a potential disciple and said, follow me, he didn't actually just mean, follow me around, I will show you how to live. When a rabbi went to a potential disciple and said, follow me, what he meant was, I see something in you. I see a potential in you to be something that you don't even see yet. In fact, I believe you can be just like me. So I, he would say, follow me and learn my ways. And this is so profound because we see it with, with Peter in Jesus coming to Peter after he failed. And he said, you know, feed my sheep. And then Jesus said those famous words again, follow me. In other words, Peter, I see something in you. I, I still believe you can follow me. Well, Peter missed it, didn't he? he Peter, was the Peter was the teacher's pet. Peter was the, the guy who sat on the front row and always had the answers, always was raising his hands, you know, trying to finish Jesus' sentences. Remember when Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan? Well, it was because Peter was like trying to finish his sentence. Why? Because Peter was so eager to say, I want to be just like you, Jesus. So I'm going to do everything that you do and my behavior is going to reflect that. Unfortunately, Peter missed the whole fact that Jesus was calling something out of Peter to say, follow me. In other words, become something different, not behave differently, but become something. And I think that that's at the essence of what it means to follow Jesus is an invitation to become. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Your job is to follow and my job is to make. Follow me as an invitation to become. And so when we come to the scripture and we, we hear Jesus saying things like, I'm the good shepherd and I lead you out. You follow me because you know my voice. 
I think it's important that we pause and we think about that in the context of becoming and not behaving. Following Jesus to become as sons and daughters and not on eggshells wondering what decision we could make, we should make at any given moment so that we can behave as servants or slaves. So we see Jesus and Jesus shows up to his disciples in John chapter 16. And this is the famous scripture where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. And I mention it because we know the role of the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit has come. He came in Acts and he came to specifically lead us. We know that Jesus is no longer here. Newsflash. He no longer is on the earth. He's at the right hand of the Father. And so following Jesus personally, physically, doesn't make a lot of sense. And so we know that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus came to his disciples who knew nothing about that. They didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was going to be doing in that way in their lives. And Jesus he said something that kind of baffled them because the, the disciples, they were like following him so closely. In fact, I think that Jesus kind of like was a little bit maybe annoyed by it sometimes. You can tell because sometimes he, Jesus would get up early in the morning and he would like sneak out of the house and he'd go up on the hill just to like be by himself. Why? Because, because the disciples were like so intent about being close to Jesus at any given time because their version of following was Jesus, I don't want to make a mistake. I want to study every move you made. Now, we know that that was good. And obviously, if Jesus was here, I would be doing the same thing. But Jesus was going after something unique and different than just shaping their behavior. And so he addresses it in John 16. And he alludes to it because the Holy Spirit was able to do what Jesus on earth was limited to do because he knew that if Jesus was here physically on earth and he invited people to follow him, that their response would be physically following rather than understanding that there was an invitation to follow, to become. So Jesus alludes to it in John chapter 16 and he says, listen guys, like you know how you've been following me everywhere? And like, kind of get in my personal space. Like, that's been cool. Like, we love each other and everything. But I'm going away soon, which they totally didn't understand. And when I go, you need to know that it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, no, you don't understand. The Holy Spirit's going to do something for you. And this is what he's going to do. And we see it in John chapter 16, verse 13. This is what it says. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Notice his primary role, guiding you into all truth. This is like a huge pivot. The whole thing is about following Jesus and his disciples were there and they, all they knew was like physically following Jesus. Show me where to go. What village are we going to go to? How am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to talk? I'm following you, Jesus. In fact, there was a term, follow in the dust of your rabbi, which meant if you were chosen, if you were one of the few chosen by your rabbi to follow him, then you would follow so close that at the end of the day, you would be covered in his dust. Why? Because the streets were all dusty and you were following so close 
that you were filthy at the end and that was a badge or a merit to say, I followed so close today. I mean, I was physically so close that I am covered in dust. And this is his disciples and they're like, Jesus, we're on it. Like we were nobodies before you chose us. And so because you chose us, we're following you everywhere. And Jesus says like, I'm going somewhere that, that you can't come yet, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit And the Holy Spirit is going to invite you to follow because he's going to lead you into truth. What truth? Like this is the, this is the mindset shift that we must, you know, embrace that, that, and renew our mind that following Jesus and tune our ear to his upward call. See the Holy Spirit's job in inviting us to follow is following him to an upward call of God in Christ Jesus, see, I believe that there is a constant and continual roar from heaven declaring who you are. And we started out this message talking about the voices in our life and man, how cluttered life can be and between social media and the demands and all the voices in our head and the, the, you know, the condemning, condemning thoughts. And then we have scripture and we have God calling us up and we have all these voices. But I can tell you that there is a roar from heaven that is constant and consistent. And this roar is calling you up and declaring who you are. And Jesus did this when he was on earth, but the disciples missed it. Jesus constantly called this, this wayward teacher's pet, you know, a hot and cold person that, that was called Simon. And he was a reed. His name meant blowing to and fro. And he said, you're not Simon. That's not who you are. And so I'm going to change your name so it reminds you all the time that you're a rock. And on that rock, I'm going to build my church. You are solid. I see something in you of becoming and so he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, is, his job is to, is to lead you to a place where you understand who you really are. And we see this in the Apostle Paul declaring this famous statement in Philippians chapter 3. Because see, Paul was called and he, he, he was knocked off his horse and Jesus said, follow me. And then he was blind and he was led over to some place and he got, he got the call of God to follow Jesus, but he understood the following. He understood the following better than anyone because his whole life was dedicated to following the regulations of the pharisaical law. And Jesus interrupted him in the middle of that and said, no, that's not following. That's obedience to the law. But I'm inviting you to follow, to become something that you never thought you would and lead others to that place. And so he says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, not that I have already obtained this, this following, this call, or I'm already perfected, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have attained it, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul's like, listen, I've already done like the following behavior thing and it leads nowhere. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I had it down and Jesus arrested me with his love. And he said, no, it's about reaching out to the upward call, forgetting 
What lies behind that drags you down in responding to the upward call of God? And so I want to read John chapter 3 again, or John chapter 10, verse 3 again. Because we started out the scripture phrasing this idea that, that Jesus is the good shepherd and that he leads us and that we hear his voice. And I think oftentimes many of us, we go, I don't know about that. Do I hear God's voice and does he speak to me? And if he spoke to me, what would it sound like? And, and would it be him telling me to go here or there? Or what would his voice be in my life? And, and, and how, do, how does that look? And what does it look like to follow God? And John chapter 10, verse 3, seeing it through this lens of the upward call, says he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. I'm telling you that the upward call of God, this call to follow is him calling us upward, a place that he's already been and he's calling us to live on a different plane, to believe something about ourselves out from where the places that you are stuck, calling you out from living small, out from discouragement and depression, out from living defeated and living less. And he calls us up to believe again who he's called you to be. And this is what he did to the disciples. And he said, follow me, but don't just do what I do, but listen to my words as I speak over you to become something that you never thought you could be. See, this is the call to follow Jesus, it's a call to start here where we are and, we, and, we're, and we're insecure and we're doubtful. And, and Jesus says, no, I see something in you because I created you and I know who you are. And I want to end this morning with a story of my own life and the way that God continues to call me out and call me up. When I was 12 years old, and I mentioned this last week, I, I had a stutter when I was in fifth grade, I was actually 11. And when I was 12, God spoke to me profoundly and gave me a scripture, a life scripture that I still have today. And he gave me this scripture three months after I got over this stutter. And the scripture is Jeremiah chapter one. And in Jeremiah chapter one, God comes to Jeremiah and he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And this spoke to me because I believed that God was speaking to me specifically about about calling me out. And he says, Jeremiah, I, I have chosen you to be a prophet to the nations. And then he says to Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth to be my mouthpiece. And this resonated with me because I literally just got over a stutter and I could barely talk normally. And God was saying to me that I want to use your mouth to speak my goodness and in that moment as a 12-year-old, as you can imagine, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but it evoked, ev evoked something in me of joy and something of me of calling me up to believe for something that I could never believe for. And I was young enough to believe it. I was naive enough to have a childlike faith to go, yeah, I think God could do that in me. But since then, a lot of years have passed and a lot of struggles in my life. And I... 
I've struggled my whole life with believing that prophecy that I could speak and communicate in such a way consistently that I could actually lead a church. And so because of that, early on in our ministry, God called Heather and I to youth ministry and we stayed in youth ministry for 15 years. And one of the reasons why we stayed so long is because I had always told myself that because of my deficiencies, because of the things in my past, because of the stutter, because of the, the you know, my, my inability to communicate and understand scripture, that I didn't have what it takes to preach every week and be a senior leader. And so I must be a youth pastor. And so I used to pride myself on saying, I'm going to be a youth pastor for my whole life. And I would study youth pastors that are like, were 60 years old and still youth pastoring. And I would say, no, that's my call. But deep down, I knew that I was settling. I knew that God had called me at, at age 12 to believe something that I didn't believe for myself that he was calling me to become something. But I can tell you this about becoming is it's one thing to read it in scripture. It's one thing to hear it in a message. And it's another thing to begin to walk it out in the following. We become in the following. And so that's why Jesus says, follow me. And that's why he said to the disciples, that's why he said to, G to Peter, follow me out onto the water. That's why he said to the disciples, follow me out and, and cast your net out into the deep. I need you to risk. Because when you risk, you become. But see, when we stay in the boat, there's something that stays dormant in our lives and we settle for less. I can tell you for Peter, it's one thing to walk on water. It's a whole other thing to sink immediately. Because see, when you sink immediately, then everybody around goes, Peter, um, I don't think you should have got out of the boat. See, see, Jesus walks on water and the disciples stay on the boat. And it would have been so easy for Peter to not get out of the boat. It would have been so easy for you and I to settle for less because it's risky out there. I can fail, I can be humiliated, and I can remi be reminded once again that I don't belong up here. We live down here in normalcy. And I can tell you that the, that the invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to believe, again, believe the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul says to us, forgetting those things that are behind the, all of those reasons why you can't believe again, all those reasons why what you desire and what you once wished for is no longer possible because of your past. And Paul says, leave those things behind, the insecurities and the doubts and the failures and reach toward the upward call of God. He is calling you Upward, and we, I love landing it where, where, where Jesus met with Peter after Peter's greatest failure. And at the end of the day, Jesus comes to Peter and he says, Peter, follow me. Well, that didn't make a lot of sense because Jesus was already resurrected. And Jesus, he only has a few more days here on the planet before he's about to go up to heaven. And so we know that Jesus wasn't asking Peter to follow him around because at that point, Jesus was like walking through walls and transporting places. So, so Peter physically didn't have the ability to follow him around. All Peter could do is respond to the upward call where Jesus was saying, Peter, once again, I believe you can be just like me.
and have a resurrection life like I did. I'm calling you out, Peter, to be a rock for the church and believe again. Father God, I hear you speak to us and invite us to hear your voice and respond that you are the good shepherd and that you've gone before us and that you are leading us out and in the leading us out that we can become. That this becoming is a journey that you are inviting us to and it's not a baby step up, it's, it's a giant leap way beyond what we could imagine our lives to be. And yet we hear you by the power of the Holy Spirit saying, follow me. I see something in you. I know you don't see it for yourself. And I know that there are voices in your head and in your life that call you down. And I know that there's a past that seems to always tug. And so I'm asking you to take a leap of faith and trust as I call you out on the water once again, follow me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome rest of the Sunday and we'll see you next week.